0: Hello,
1: everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today Inside the Town Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at AllDayPackers, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambeau.Liebers. We're coming back to you after another Packers victory, this time a revenge game over the Minnesota Vikings. I cannot imagine how I would have dealt with myself this week if we'd have gotten swept by the Minnesota Vikings, uh, but that didn't happen. We beat them at a freezing cold Lambeau Field, not as cold as we thought it would be earlier last week, but it was still, you love those cold games early in the year in January late December that's what you live for as a Packers fan and not only did we win we clinched the number one seed two years in a row Rodgers continuing to play like an MVP Matt LaFleur continuing to coach like the coach of the year this it just feels like this is our year you know Braun how's your week been how'd you enjoy that game buddy
0: what a game Griff I mean we are now in position to compete for a Super Bowl by clinching the number one seed home field advantage I'm super excited, really, everything about this team, the direction we're going, where we sit right now with the number one seed clinched, with a week of football left, um, our playoff position, the direction, everything. If there was one word to describe it, it really is. It's just exciting. I mean, I'm super pumped about the way we're going and the way we're headed. We have so much to talk about, um, but these playoffs are getting exciting, and the fact that we've already locked in our spot while a bunch of other teams are competing to just, you know, really fight for a spot below us is, is really uh, it's a special feeling and it's great to be in this position once again
1: very exciting this time of year as always but it's it's always exciting when we're the number one seed and we get that week off first round of the playoffs two years in a row I mean what Matt LaFleur has done with this team is unprecedented he's now the the He's won the most games and a coach's first three seasons in NFL history. He broke a tie with George Seifert, uh, getting his 39th win on Sunday. He's never not had—we were just talking about this before we started recording, Bron. He's never not had a bye week in the playoffs. He's never not made the playoffs. He's never not won the NFC North. He's never won fewer than 13 games. Uh, this, his three-year run here is seriously unprecedented, and it's so astounding. Because, I mean, think back to January 2019 when we hired this Titans offensive coordinator. Uh, The Titans offense sucked. Marcus Mariota, he's garbage. Uh, Why are we hiring this guy? And, you know, you just have to have faith that he's a competent-minded head coach. And that's exactly what he is. And he's meshed so well with Aaron Rodgers. And they've put together a its – can't call it a dynasty because they don't have the championships. But, I mean, this three-year run has been – just, just awesome.
0: He is certainly the coach of the year. And if there was any more necessary, uh, things done to prove that, I mean, he did it by beating the Vikings, regardless of who they have 27 point win against a division rival. I mean, that's, that's hard to do. I mean, that's not easy. Right. And especially a team like the Vikings with so many good players on that defense and, uh, they were undermanned, but it's tough to do. So overall, I mean, the things he's done as Matt LaFleur is the head coach and, uh, just the collaboration. He's such a player's coach. And to be able to implement that right away, a week after coming to that discussion, um, and just be able to implement that all gas, no breaks, Devontae called it the new Packer way, the killer instinct of putting teams away. I mean, that's, it's impressive from the players to be able to have that kind of input and for Matt LaFleur to use it and and take it seriously and implement it into what we're doing, the mentality of our football team, that is so important. And it's a big reason why we're winning is the collaboration between – the leaders on this football team, and our excellent head coach, Matt LaFleur.
1: All Gas New Breaks used to be, it was early Matt LaFleur. That was kind of like his slogan. That's kind of what us as a fan base, we took on that slogan in 2019, kind of made it our own. Even though a lot of games, we really weren't scoring a whole lot of points. But coming out of last week against the Browns and the previous week against the Ravens, where we let these bad teams kind of backdoor cover against us and get the game close in the fourth quarter when it really shouldn't have been, uh, we come out of this last week's game on Christmas saying, I mean, what the heck, man? We got to we gotta put these teams away. Devontae and Aaron, both after the game, criticized, uh, not LaFleur directly, but they criticized the play calling for uh, being a little bit too conservative, which I agree with. And it, we come out of this week, even with Jordan Love in the game against the Vikings, we're still throwing passes. Obviously, they want to get a good look at Love, but I think it's telling that when we could have just sat on our 20-point lead late in the game, we didn't, and we... This is the Vikings. It's an NFC North rival at Lambeau Field. They know that the fan base is passionate about it. So maybe maybe they wanted to give them a little bit of treat in the sitting in the cold in the stands. But it's nice blowing out the Vikings like this. And I don't know. I feel like maybe last week's game against the Browns had a big impact on
0: this. It definitely did. Just it's been a few weeks now where teams have came back into the mix uh late in the fourth quarter after we're we're up by double digits against them um and then the play calling gets soft i mean the run i don't even understand why we run the ball sometimes just it's so easy the rodgers to adams and and just aaron in general is playing so well everything is so automatic in the passing game and then they run the ball twice for like 3 yards and 4 yards and then they don't get it on third down and have to punt. And it's like, why don't they just throw it? Like,
1: and then people wonder what happens to the offense when they go on these dry spells. It's because they it's, just love handing the ball off sometimes.
0: And, and it's not like they're not playing. Like The, the guys are running the ball decently well, but yeah, all it's it takes just like, is one stop to negate the drive.
1: Uh-huh. it's opportunity cost too because what you're getting with Adams and Rodgers when you put the ball in their hands it's so much better than handing it off to AJ Dillon who you know he's a bulldozer he's going to get 6 or 7 yards a pop a lot of the time but it's still not like, what can happen when you put the ball in Rogers' hands and just happen to throw it to Adams? Because early on in the game, the first drive, there's two pinpoint accurate throws to Devontae Adams. The first one is a back shoulder along the sideline, right on the money, perfect throw. And the second one was an even better one on third and three at about midfield, 30-yard gain. Just an absolute teardrop. We were talking about this earlier, bro that may have been the best one of the best throws that Rodgers has made this year. It is just so beautiful the way he just flicks it Dropping back, flicks it, and it falls right into Adams' hands. Late hands, so the defender doesn't even know it's coming. And it's just right on the money, and you can tell that they've practiced that so many times. And then after those two plays, it's kind of like, okay, when's the last time Adams got targeted? It's like sometimes they kind of get in their own way early in games. And we talk about this all the time, too, how early in games, we suck. First quarter, it's almost guaranteed that we're going to make things more difficult than they have to be. But then as the game goes on, we just kind of, our offense explodes. and. Are we gonna Are we gonna get away with that kind of stuff in the playoffs? I don't know. I don't know. But it continues to happen, and I feel like it's maybe they just (laughs) they're making it too hard on themselves sometimes.
0: Well, the amount of times that they go through it over and over again, they're gonna, you know, find a way to figure it out. I feel like, and um, the the way Aaron played is just it was remarkable. I mean, the amount of throws that just went right past the ear hole of the defender was like unreal. I was just like, how many times is this guy going to put the ball right past the guy's forehead and complete know, it dude. to Devontae, complete it to Lazard? The the catches that were being made and the throws that were being made to those guys was just so impressive. And it was crazy.
1: Even the even the drop by DeGuara in the end. That him, was such thought, a good throw. You know, that would have been just,
0: the most unreal drive of the year if they just did oh that because that was on that yeah. same drive as Devontae.
1: Yeah, that was the opening drive. That was yep. like. It would have been like, oh, my God, they finally scored a touchdown, and Rodgers has made like three ridiculous throws this drive. But, you know, in the moment, I'm mad at DeGuara. I'm like, ah, you know, friend of the show. I can't get too mad at him. But I'm like, dang <laughs> it, man. How do you drop that? Watching it on replay, that throw is insane. It is a frozen rope, dude. Like, it just fires off the back foot. It's right in between two defenders in the end zone. That would have been a gr- spectacular throw, but DeGuara can't come down with it. What were you saying, bro?
0: And I was going to say, that's the encouraging thing is like we were literally one drop away from having that drive that we've been looking for for a while in the opening quarter to get the ball to start right away and just go down the field like that. We were right there. I mean, and the one drop negates it, but it doesn't change the fact that we were that close. To having it, and and that's the process is the most important thing, especially in a game that you win by twenty seven points. It's about the process. It's are they doing things the right way? Is it's not always about the results. The only result that matters is the win, really, because everything else is correctable. Once you get the win, then you can correct the mistakes. So you try not to make up again in the future, and then that's what they're kind of have a good chance to do. Um, now that they they've saw, you know, they had that touchdown. It was it was literally, you know, it went off the shoulder of Deguara. And it happens, but they won the game. They got out of it unscathed. Um, And and now they, they can feel good about the fact that they were right there and they're a drop away from having that first quarter touchdown. And then the game probably gets even more out of hand, probably a lot quicker than it did.
1: It's interesting how it feels like a few weeks in a row now, like the offense is kind of dry throughout the first half, and then the two-minute drill before halftime, just an explosion from Rogers to Adams, which is what happened in this game. I think that's because I think the Adams touchdown came right before halftime, if I'm not mistaken. In
0: uh, that there was yeah, also that was, another that diving, ridiculous that sliding catch into the end yeah, zone. Yeah, in the, the back shoulder
1: throw, the play before that was. Maybe the best throw. Not the best throw of the night. He made so many great throws. Adams made so many great catches, as they usually do against the Minnesota Vikings, historically, those two. Uh, Rogers is a co-owner of the Chicago – or uh, – owner of the Chicago Bears, co-owner of the Minnesota Vikings with Devontae Adams. Devontae scored his first touchdown of his career against the Vikings. Did you know that? And he always balls out against them. But uh, anyways, so it's like, you know, against the Bears, I remember, I was in attendance that game, Ron, did you hear about that? But remember, before that game, before halftime in that game, it was when Rodgers made the ridiculous throw between two defenders and Adams brought it in. And uh, in the Browns game last week, too, there was like, the drive before halftime was just like eight throws to Adams and he caught them all, including the touchdown so it's kind of funny how that's kind of the spark it's the few times a season now the spark for the offense has been just rogers hooking it up with adams and it really can't be that easy man because sometimes it's like you know they're talking about the long handoffs where it's just an rpo you got two receivers blocking adams in the slot just Uh, quick throw to Adams and he'll take it for like 10 yards that's like a long handoff pretty much a run play and sometimes it's really that simple just put it in Adams's hands he's the best receiver in football Rodgers is about to win his fourth MVP best QB in football just I would love an offense just centered around getting those to the ball even more than it already is because Adams has so many more targets than anyone else on the team but I would love just the
0: you know full game plan of just getting it to Adams and well the great thing is too is is you can if if they're really covering Devontae,
1: <sighs>
0: <laughs> and the great thing, too, is if they're really covering up what Devontae is doing, they've got these great receiving backs in Aaron Jones and, and A.J. Dillon that when they catch the ball in space, they're going to get at least five yards on almost every occasion and give them not only, you know, it's not a bailout. It really is a positive play when they get the ball on the backfield. So it's pretty, it's just a great great opportunity when they're on offense to, to gain yardage because of all the options that they have. So it's just, it's really efficient, everything they're doing, especially now. Um, and the way that Devonte and Adams are connect, the way that Devante and Rogers are connecting downfield and the, the MVS will come, you know, his time comes and Lazard's time comes. And it's just a, it's just a pattern really of who's going to get the touches and when Randall Cobb's coming back and, and he's so important and he was so good so far this year. Um, It's just I have a lot of excitement about the offense and just very optimistic about where it's headed, and I feel like this offense is – more than more than good enough, just way, way beyond what we could even hope for. Uh, and it's definitely good enough to win us a Super Bowl this year.
1: I was expecting MVS to have a little bit more involvement than he did in this game. Did you notice that during the pregame, you know, the SNF intros where they say Rogers, Butte Community College, he always says Butte, not Cal. I find that interesting. But uh, they didn't... Ing- well, the, the
0: the the thing is with Rogers, last year he said Cal, this year he said Butte. Oh, really? Hmm, interesting. Yeah um you so you're a real fan huh <laughs> <laughs> eq he
1: got the he got the start like he's the one they mvs didn't say mvs usf it was equanimous he Sanford. would probably say mean? marquez
0: valdez scantling i doubt he'd say well, mvs okay. but okay <laughs> yeah,
1: okay yeah you know what i mean it was eq which i found interesting and i was like wait mvs is playing right and he was playing just uh i think he had that one catch that didn't go for very much except for first down but uh yeah he wasn't too involved but you know he when they want to get MVS involved, he gets involved because he's just so fast and he brings that dynamic. It feels it, this game felt like a game where he was just kind of getting gelled back into things after missing some time. But you're right, we got Randall Cobb coming back, who's been so good and. SNF kind of painted the picture with that graphic of guys who are coming back in the postseason. We talk about this literally every single week, so it's getting pretty old. But we've got David Bakhtiari, Zedaria Smith, Jair Alexander, blah, 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 3 All pros, whatever. But we've also got Randall Cobb now coming back. We've got Bill Turner coming back. And uh, we've got Josh Myers maybe coming back. Who else? There's, there's another one, right? That's pretty
0: much it, I think. Yeah. But EQ played a pretty good game. I, I really love EQ, man. He's so yeah. good.
1: Yeah, he's good. Yeah, I I like him a lot. I uh, I always say that I I would like him to get more snaps than Lazard, but Lazard had a pretty nice game on Sunday. But you know, a lot of times Lazard this season has been dropping some easy passes, but he made some tough catches on Sunday, including that touchdown in the end zone over that cornerback, which was just a great catch. But um, yeah, we got a, we Lazard got a lot had of, a really good game. We got a lot of different skill sets in that receiver room, man, and it all circles around Devontae, who was just. We're running out of words to describe him because he is – I think he's obviously a Hall of Famer. If he retires tomorrow, is he in the Hall of Fame? I think there's a pretty good shot of him being in the Hall of Fame already because he's probably going to be on the all-decade team. He has most pretty much everything since 2016, which is when he really broke out. And every – it just – it's like when when you just throw him the ball, when he has games that circle around him like on Sunday – he just makes the most of these opportunities.
0: He is the true epitome of perfection in this league at the wide receiver position. Just like Aaron Rodgers, you could say the same for the quarterback position. These two, And when you put them together, they are even better together than they are separate. And it's just the greatest thing. The connection that they have, It's it's beyond mind. It's beyond thought. It is just complete instinct. It is totally innate. And it's just locked in between them. And it's like they don't even have to think sometimes. And it's just it's a the muscle perf- memory. It's muscle memory. It's it's just all of the above. It's beyond control. It's it's just bizarre, really, how how in sync they truly are. And it it's it's, uh, it's otherworldly. It's it's unimaginable at times. Yet we see it on a weekly basis every Sunday, and they surprise us more and more each week. And uh, it's really hard to believe. But like I said, we're still doing it every week, and nobody's been able to stop us yet. It's just it's it's insane, and we've got a chance to win the Super Bowl with them two leading the way on offense. Really, our whole team they lead the way, so there's a lot uh, a lot to look forward to. Like I said, because we've got those two guys on and off the field, they were the two guys who were the main proponents of us trying to, you know, really give it to teams all the way through the game and not take our foot off the gas really and and like i said on and off the field they are leading this team and, and they are doing great things for us
1: they're the leaders of that offense man they're the best players we have on the team we've got to get Devonte a ring it's it's he's been on this team for so long he's made the playoffs pretty much every year he's been on the team and he's just come short just like us if fans have just as rogers has so many times since he won a super bowl we've got to get him a ring and that i feel like that kind of separates him from all of the all-time receivers. Because some of these receivers, man, a lot of the really great ones don't have a ring, other than Jerry Rice, who has a few, I'm sure. Um, But, like, Larry Fitz never had a ring. Randy Moss never got a ring. DeAndre Hopkins doesn't have a ring. If you look at guys around this, this generation, Julio doesn't have a ring. I feel like Adams getting a ring really separates him because, you know, it's like you can obviously... Super Bowl rings aren't a quarterback stat. They're definitely not a receiver stat, but when it comes to things like Hall of Fame and the all-decade team, they do look at that kind of stuff, just like they look at Pro Bowls, even though the Pro Pro Bowl voting process is so stupid, you know? Rings are important, so Devontae having all the statistics he has and getting a ring and playing with Rodgers for so long, I mean... That definitely helps his chances of being uh, immortalized in football history.
0: Yeah, he is so special, and I really think he's got a chance to to get into that conversation sooner than later. Like you said, with a ring, it, it vaults him right up there for sure. Because and same thing with the floor. like he'll start getting his flowers even more than than he already is now for the Coach of the Year. And Rodgers gets right back at the front of the the greatest of all time conversation. Once you know, and, and I'm talking about amongst oh, yeah, the mainstream, dude. right? The mainstream uh-huh. people. We know where he stands in terms of his talent and whatnot. And same thing with Devontae and, and obviously Matt, but we're we're involved. We are at the forefront of, of what they're doing in Green Bay. All these people on the outside don't get to see it on a daily basis, but we understand how great these two are because we are, you know, we're right there uh, watching it each and every week. So it's a different thing. But once they get the mainstream recognition of, of a Super Bowl championship, Rodgers' second and everybody else's first, mostly on that football team. That's when everybody starts getting the recognition. That's when Devondre Campbell turns into a superstar amongst everybody, and not just us. And Rasul Douglas becomes one of the league's top five corners, renowned throughout the league, and and not just in our in our eyes. And and that's when guys like Kenny Clark start really getting the credit of of being a superstar at nose tackle, unstoppable at the line of scrimmage. And if Zedarius comes back, and Preston finally gets that recognition, and I could go on and on and on, but. It's just everybody starts to get the recognition. They all want to, they're able to get better money because they're now Super Bowl champions. They've been in a Super Bowl locker room with a Super Bowl quarterback on a Super Bowl team, coached by a Super Bowl head coach. And that's the exciting thing for all our players, the coaches, everybody. It's just a great thing. And let's just get this thing done, man. We are now three wins away, excluding this Lions game. We are three wins away from being Super Bowl champions and it's so exciting and not to count our chickens before they hatch but like I said last week just give us the ring already baby you got (laughs) it yeah
1: (laughs) <laughs> I've learned my lesson after last year because I was talking to my girlfriend about this. Last year, I talked to her about a lot of football stuff and she just tunes me out, I'm sure. But I got no one else to talk to about this stuff other than you, Bron. So I was talking to her and about how last year... I tune you out year. too. I tune you out as well. So it
0: <laughs> sounds like yeah. you're stuck there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> last year, you know, before the NFC Championship game, I think you got in my head a little bit. I'm going to be honest because on this podcast, you're like, I, we got this in a bag. I just can't imagine a, a way in which we lose this game. You know, go back and listen to that one. But before the NFC championship game, I'm kinda like you know, Brett Favre talks about this when he won the Super Bowl, he was kinda like, Oh, like he he didn't feel the excitement he thought he would have felt and I was kinda getting nervous about that. I was like, So we're we're probably going to win the Super Bowl this year. We're probably going to go to the Super Bowl. I feel like I'm not going to be as excited as I, as I need to be. And then we lose and the whole world comes crashing down on me and I was devastated for days on end. But uh, I feel like this year the same thing isn't going to happen because I'm not going to take it for granted. I'm not going to take this for granted, the fact that we are the number one seed, even thinking back to week one, thinking about how awful things could have gone and here we are. Rodgers has lost one game since week one, which is just crazy. Thinking about where the rest of the NFL stands in terms of, you know, like the Cowboys losing to the Cardinals, all these, the Bucks getting shut out, almost losing to the Jets uh, yesterday. Like all these guys. And we're just beating the Minnesota Vikings 37 to 10, just like, business as usual this is such a special team and it's such a special season even though this is the third time we've done this this just feels it just feels like another special season um what was i gonna say about the super bowl ranks okay yeah that kind of just adds like uh just adds something to everyone's resume right even guys like mason crosby like he's two-time super bowl champion mason crosby but for rogers Remember Peyton Manning when he won his second one? It was kind of like it kind of changed the way that everyone talked about him in terms of go talk. And it's probably going to do the same thing for Rodgers, assuming he can get that second one sometime in his career before he's gone. Because uh, it's like for a while when he was still like early 30s, it was he was a lot of people in the mainstream were talking about him as the greatest of all time. Super Bowl rings. He's so young. He's got chances to get more. He's come up short since he won his first one, but you know he's the most talented and. Uh, change his situation with Brady and he's going to, he's also going to have that amount of super bowl, super bowl rings. But, you know, as he continues to lose in the playoffs, he's had those years where he didn't make the playoffs. It's kind of died down where people now think of him. The argument is more like top five is Rogers top five all time. Some people it's, is Rogers top 10 all time. You know, we, we know where we stand on that, but him getting that second ring makes it 2016 again, where people uh, in the mainstream on the talking head shows are talking about Aaron Rodgers as better than Tom Brady. And, it, that's that's exciting, man. This second Super Bowl, I'm not taking it for granted again, man. This is going to be, this is such a special year and I really hope we can get this one. I really do.
0: I made a statement last year that I thought, I, I still think it was true when I said it, but I said, and Griff, you'll remember it as soon as I say this to you right now, because I believe it this year to be even more so than last year when I said it. This year feels like our year more than any other year, and I said that last year, and I'm. I remember you saying now. Yeah, I remember I said that. it. It was a, It's a profound yeah. statement. It's a. It really is a profound statement to say something like that, and I felt it was true last year. I still feel like it was true at the time, and now it's even more true. And to think about that, despite everything we've gone through, the injuries, the guys that we lost, like Corey Lindsley and others that we thought were going to be super, super crucial to us, maybe even, you know, losing more games this year. But here we are in a position to win more games. Who would have thought that, right? To be now in a position to win 14 instead of 13 when everybody was saying we were going to regress. And as you always like to say, regress to the mean and whatnot. Sometimes we're just a, we're our winning franchise. And the mean for us is, the, is a lot greater than the mean for other teams, Griff. And I feel like we are now in a position with this team, the guys we've added, the even David Moore, Returning punts and kicks, <laughs> like that's the type of addition that we made that it's just like you feel like this is a Super Bowl edition, and he's going to be a key contributor just by not making mistakes or just getting any positive plays on special teams. It just helps us immensely. And that's the kind of thing that we're doing. And that's why I feel like this year, even more so than last year, feels like our year more than any other year, Griff. And I am so excited about that. And, uh, I'm, I'm even more optimistic and I didn't think that was possible after losing last year, but it it makes this, this situation that we're in now losing that NFC championship, which we should have won. We were so close. It it feels like we're in even, it feels so much sweeter now that we've gone through that. We have the experience of losing that game and we're going to be so locked in ready for this, you know, all these playoff games because of what happened last year and the year before that. We're going to be so ready to win it all, and we are the most experienced team in this playoffs, um, apart from, I guess you could say, the Bucs, because they actually went to the Super Bowl and won it. But we've been to the NFC Championship two years in a row. We have the number one seed again. We have a bye for three years in a row now. We've got the best quarterback in football, the best receiver in football. Our defense has talent everywhere. It's starting to find itself again after we had a little bit of a, a few games where we weren't playing as great. But the turnovers are there. We've got the additions we've been looking for: Devondre Campbell, Rasul Douglas. Everybody's playing well. We're going to get guys back from injuries like Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander, and that's going to transform our defense to make it even better than we've already feeling like it's a Super Bowl defense. Now it's going to be in an even better spot if we can get those guys back. David Bakhtiari back on the offensive line. Josh Myers back on the offensive line. Bill Turner back on the offensive line. We're getting healthier. Randall Cobb, you can't forget him, his Super Bowl caliber level of experience and and leadership in the locker room. I just poured a lot on you there, Griff, but that is why I feel like we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. And I can't say enough about how great of a position we're in right now.
1: This uh, this podcast after a potential playoff loss is going to be even more depressing than it was last year. I haven't listened to the the one from last year over again, and I don't even want to think about it because it's just such a sad point in my life. But you're right, dude. You're right. This is – it feels like our year. And I keep saying how Rasul Douglas is going to get his own chapter in, in the book about the 2021 Packers if we win it all. And uh, there's going to be that, – that book is going to be so long when you really start to think about Rasul Douglas and Devondre Campbell and David Moore. Give him a chapter and the resiliency from all these guys all the injuries the offensive line like the offensive line they need the, they need a few chapters what they've gone through this year all the Rodgers drama from the off season in season Randall Cobb all of it dude it all needs its own chapter and this is like it's just the storybook season and whenever i think about story you know what season, it's
0: called griff you know what the book's going to be called oh boy what's the book called the first dance not the last dance <laughs> It's the that first is, dance. That is awful. That is Because really Rodgers is not going anywhere, baby. Rodgers is staying. Okay. So, so is Devontae. It,
1: it's the 15th dance?
0: No, it's the first dance. It's the first <laughs> Super Bowl with Rodgers and Devontae, and there's plenty more where that came from.
1: Okay. 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 Well, yeah.
0: It's Don't hate on setting. it. Would you rather it be called the last dance when Rodgers comes back next year?
1: Well, okay. So what do you, what are you think? What do you call in the
0: book, then? What do you call in the book? Come up with something what better you and think? then criticize me.
1: No, I'm going to wait for some someone to say something in the playoffs because, you know, that's going to happen. That's going to be quoted. Maybe in the Super Bowl, a la Clay Matthews, or now, uh, who, who's the linebacker coach? What was his name? Kevin Green. Uh, it's Kevin
0: Green. It is time. And something then Clay like Matthews makes that forced fumble for the that's helped oh, seal yeah. the game. That was who's a gonna special make play, year. Griff? Yeah. Who's going to make the who's plays in the playoffs? playoffs? Who's the player? Dude, I got hero?
1: Devondre and Rasul both getting interceptions late in, late in both playoff games. The Divisional and the NFC Championship game at Lambeau Field. Both of them in their respective games are going to get an interception late in the game. And it's just going to the crowd goes crazy. This is our year. 2010, such a special season man, when you think of all the storylines with that team. And this year, it just has the feeling. And it had the feeling last year too. And early on this season, Bron, do you remember this? When we were winning games, but it wasn't really the prettiest thing in the world. We weren't playing that well and it's like wow I can't believe we lost in the playoffs last year that was really it was our year more than any other year as you said last year and we lost but here we are again same spot this time it's like i don't think our offense is as good as it was last year cuz last year was historically good but when you look at the gap between us and the second second best team in the NFL and the third best team in the NFL, I think that gap is wider this year than it was last year, if that makes that's
0: sense. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. I don't think – obviously the numbers would say Rodgers had a better year last year, but there's something about the way that – comparative to the rest of the league, like – Nobody can touch us. Nobody touches Aaron Rodgers this year. Like, I don't think there's a quarterback even close to what Rodgers is doing from a throw-to-throw basis, and I don't think, we're, you know, obviously with him and Devontae, it's just it's unmatched. So I think that's a great way you just put it there. And, yeah, the gap. Same thing with defensively. Like, I just feel like our defense, the way we're getting turnovers, and we've shown so many ways to win on defense, right? Like, the turnovers is one way, and it's a little bit more of, like, you have to get them, and if you don't, you're in trouble if you rely on those. But then we've gone out and, you know, we allowed 10 points to Minnesota last week. You know, they didn't have Kirk, but still have Justin Jefferson, still have Dalvin Cook. Like, he ran for 13 yards in that game. Like, that is a, that's tough to do. You can't, you can't overstate that especially when he ran for like 163 yards yeah, almost when in the last game
1: every single game we play them no matter where it feels like he's always going off so 13 yards on what like nine carries something crazy yes. like that i mean that's a great performance a la uh, oh my god dude remember last week i i told this to you before we started recording last week i compared this game to the titans game second to last game of the season at lambeau field uh extreme temperatures extreme weather and i feel like this is going to be the offense explosion and what do you think happened last year against the Titans. Everyone's talking about Derrick Henry running all over. And so the Panthers run defense sucks. And then we shut down Derrick Henry and we shut down uh, Dalvin Cook this game. The parallels are there. I wish it snowed this game. Anyways, back to what you were saying, Brown. Sorry for that.
0: No, it's okay. And, And you think about the way that we won this game and then it's kind of the same way we won in Seattle where we shut out Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. We shut them out. We shut them out, and we're just showing so many ways to win. And even when we lost to Kansas City, we held them to 13 points, right? And we're just showing so many ways to win. We can do it the hard way, the grimy, the gritty way of holding teams with elite offensive talent and elite offenses in general to less than 20 points, or we can get a bunch of turnovers. against a team like the Browns, who maybe don't have the same personnel, but maybe they're having a little more success running the football with a guy like Nick Chubb, who's very good and very talented. Maybe, you know what I mean, like maybe we go and get the interceptions then against a the quarterback, whatever we have to do. We're doing it on defense enough to win the game, at least. And that's the impressive thing. So and and like I said, when we if we get a chance to get Zadarius Smith back and more importantly, probably Jair, he seems like he's going to have it's going to happen for him, which is great, um, because then that transforms our secondary in the best way. Um, but to get Zedarius back would be huge too, because he'll be such a boon to our pass rush with what Gary's doing. And I'm just excited for this defense, man. And I'm looking at Aaron right now on the Monday Night Football Manning cast. And i it's just like, this is such a Super Bowl team, man. I'm just looking forward to everything. And we've got a chance now where we could play Aaron and Devontae for like a quarter, maybe two if they want. That's a discussion we'll have, Griff. I think we should actually discuss that. Yeah, debate. we got to talk about that. We got to talk about that. But I'm just so excited, Griff. This is, I can't yeah, overstate it.
1: The most valuable thing you look for in not just a defense but an NFL team is multiple ways to win. And we've shown that on offense and defense, as you said. we On offense, we can throw it to Devontae a bunch of times or we can hand it off to Dylan and Jones and let them beat you on the ground. It's just, this team is so versatile. And it's easy to kind of think about, okay, well this performance isn't that impressive because they had Sean Mannion starting and Kirk cousins was obviously not in this game. But then I think about all the Instagram comments I got on my post about uh, Kirk cousins, not playing in this game about how it doesn't matter. Dalvin cook is going to run all over us. So the quarterback doesn't matter. Or I posted about how Kirk cousins sucks in cold weather games and, uh, it doesn't matter. Dalvin Cook's going to run all over us. And just like last year, man, just like last year, Derrick Henry is going to destroy us. This is going to be an awful game. And then we we just shut him down. So great performance from the defense. And I think the weather has a lot to do with it. These guys playing a dome, bro. I don't care where they live. They play in a dome. You think they want to come? The way Mike Tirico was talking about it on the broadcast, bro, it got me so hyped. It got me so excited thinking about this is where you've got to come if you're in the NFC. You you wanna get to the Super Bowl, you wanna go play in LA, be on uh every every person in America's television in February, you've gotta win in Lambeau Field. And it is ten degrees right now. Feels like negative one at some point in the game. That is just – it's so exciting getting the one seed. And it didn't work out last year, but I don't care. It's still so so exciting, the thought of a team being scared to come to Green Bay to play in this weather. It's such an advantage. Rogers says he wants it as cold as possible at all times. He's not going to go to Tampa like Tom Brady. He's going to embrace the conditions. And uh, he always balls out when it's this weather. And it seems like teams,
0: they're just not ready for it. All right, Griff, so that raises the question – okay, wait, no. Rogers is on. I got I to gotta hear this, buddy. Let's pause this and... Okay, can you turn your TV up? Yep. Turn my TV up? Sure. Okay, Griff, with that, let's have that debate. What, what do we think here? Should they sit? Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, everybody else, all the starters, the veterans, should they sit or, you know, should they go and play maybe half the game and avoid a three-week layoff of really essentially not playing significant snaps of any football kind? What do you think here? It's It's definitely one debate that everybody's going to be having over the course of the next week. Um, what do you personally think, though, that the Packers should do, Matt Lafleur? How should they go about this?
1: Well, we just watched the Manning cast together, Ron, and Rodgers was obviously on it, and Peyton Manning said something about uh, Rodgers punished is going to be punished by being benched week seven or week eighteen against the Lions, and Rodgers said. Something along the lines of, yeah, right, we'll see about that. I think that may have been word for word what he said. So sounds like he is definitely going to be out there. Adams said at his press conference after the game that he's definitely going to be out there as well, or at least wants to be. So, you know, Mat LaFleur, players coach, I'm sure that both of them are going to play. But uh, the the real question is how much are they going to play? Because I'm sure they want to see Jordan Love. Jordan Love's only snaps this season have come against in the Vikings game for the late in the fourth quarter garbage time, which, you know, can't really take anything from that and against the Chiefs who have been maybe the best defense in football this year the Lions are definitely not that so I could see them definitely wanting to get a good look at Jordan Love against a a pretty bad defense and maybe just treat it as a preseason game but uh, I think Rodgers may be a little scared of what happened in uh, 2011 man when Matt Flynn came in week 17 and threw like six touchdowns went had a crazy game and so Rodgers got effectively three weeks off, didn't obviously got the first round by and then comes out flat against the New York Giants who upset them at Lambeau Field. That is your worst fear as a Packers fan, your worst fear as a Packers player, Packers coach, and it, it that could definitely happen. We saw the Cowboys do it in 2006, 2016. We were on the other end of that when we beat them at AT&T Stadium, a.k.a. Rogers' home, and uh, they had set their starters in two thousand or in Week 17 that year. They got the bye week, and then they come out flat and lose to the, the five or the four-seeded Packers in an upset. So that can definitely happen. Three weeks is a long time to not be playing a lot of football. So. I definitely want to get these guys out there. I'm hoping for a half. I'm thinking a half of football is enough to keep them from getting rusty while also, you know, you don't want to risk the injury and you want to see these other guys too. So I think a half is the sweet spot there.
0: How much does it really matter though, honestly? Like, is it – are we reading too much into it or is it a real thing? Is it the idea that three weeks is too much or do – you know, sometimes you just lose a football game. Maybe it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that they missed three weeks or, you know what I mean, or they they didn't play – they were resting. I mean, there's the added benefit of everybody getting healthier and they're probably fresher, right? But is it that they came out flat because they sat or is that just reading too much into it? With the same idea about, do they have to play? Like, do they really have to play? Or or can you go without playing two weeks? And is that really something that you have to worry about? Having, having it two instead of three, is that really that significant? Those are the questions that everybody's going to ask. But the, to me... You said the worst thing that could happen is if we sat three weeks in a row and came out flat in the first round of the playoffs. Well, to me, the worst thing that could happen is if Aaron Rodgers or Devontae were to get hurt in a meaningless game against the Lions after our playoff position is already locked up and we have no positive outcome apart from getting the win on paper, but there's nothing that can benefit us for our true goal, which is the playoffs. I mean, what if they were to somehow come down with an injury? I mean, it would just be the worst thing in the world. I mean, that would be the, that would, we would look like idiots. Everybody would be like, why would you, why would you risk him getting hurt, you know, in a game that meant nothing? And it's like, and it's such an interesting thing, Griff, but my that's really my concern. So, I mean, what do you think about that risking injury factor?
1: Well, you know, it's definitely a risk of injury, but you can risk an injury anytime these guys step on the field. So does it really feel better if these guys get injured against the Vikings last Sunday than it would this uh, than th- this week against the Lions? Yeah, it would feel worse against the Lions because it's a meaningless game and these guys didn't have to play. But, you know, it's like the, it's the it, you're taking that risk every time you step on a practice field even. So uh, these guys want to play... Play, I say let him let him out there. And, you know, the rust factor, Bron, I think is real, especially with number 12, because when you look at his worst games of the season, what would you say his worst games of the season, season have been? Obviously week one after a, a very long break, multi-month break. And uh, I'd say week 10 against the Seahawks was maybe his other his other worst game of the season, and that was after his COVID game. So, I mean, his performance after the bye week against the Bears kind of debunks that theory, but I'm just saying his worst games of the season – when uh, or when he's he gets a little bit of a break, so I don't know. I just wouldn't risk See, it. He that's wants another to thing,
0: Griff. That's another thing. That's like this all just seems circumstantial to me. Like I feel like everybody's reading too much into it. It's like and it's the same thing. Oh, I don't want the buy. Any Packers fan that says that, every too oh, so yeah. many people. Oh, yeah. oh we lose. We we're terrible after the buy. I don't want the buy. So mm-hmm. you 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 want a chance to potentially lose in the first round as opposed to an automatic <laughs> victory. And, that's, and people, just, that's
1: just stupid, yeah.
0: And, and, and not to mention, the last two years we've had the bye, we won in the playoffs. The only time we haven't won after the bye is a couple times in the regular season since Matt LaFleur was hired. But we won after the bye this year. And we're gonna to continue to win after the bye in the playoffs when we win in the divisional round, and it's just a bunch of circumstantial garbage that I just don't understand why people read so much into everything. There's not many statistics like that when it's like, oh well, in that game, in that game, he came off of you know a week rest and like that. It's just that's two games, like, and he's in the past come off of long stretches and played well. Like it's, I don't know, it's it's just like too circumstantial to me to really read into it like that. Which is why, in the end, I feel like the best thing to do, I don't know, like yes, maybe play him for like a, maybe a drive or two, maybe a half, but it, I just hate the idea of, I don't care if, if he could have gotten injured other weeks. I don't care if these guys could potentially. Like when you get guys on the field, injuries happen every game to somebody, you know, maybe they're super important, maybe they're not as important or like as valuable to winning. but injuries happen every time, in every game. The last thing we need is another guy to go on the shelf for even just a couple of weeks because this is supposed to be a time of rest and healing now that we have clinched the number one seed. But we could get in a situation where Rodgers gets stepped on or something again, and now his foot is back to where it was in a horrible spot, or whatever. Like, Devontae could get turf toe or something. Like it's, just, it's so easy to derail a season with an injury like what happened to David Bakhtiari, albeit in practice. But things like that could happen even more likely in a game And that's the last thing we need. It's the last thing we need.
1: Yeah, I get that argument. I really do. You you put it you put it well there. But, you know, at the end of the day, this doesn't matter because they're going to play. And Matt LaFleur, players coach, he's going to let these guys play. You really think he's going to say, Rodgers, no, you're not playing this week when Rodgers wants to play? Maybe. I don't think so, though. I think they're definitely playing. Uh, we've got a Lions game to preview here. Um, the Detroit Lions are awful. I don't think we have to spend much time on this. But after we got fan questions. But first, got to talk about the Lions at least a little bit. Tim Boyle is expected to start, right? I don't think... Is Jared Goff hurt? I don't keep up with the Detroit Lions. I really don't. Is Goff hurt? It's going to be him
0: or Goff. Goff's been hurt. Boyle started last week.
1: Yeah, I know Boyle started. So we could maybe get the Jordan Love-Tim Boyle game. That would be something. No, it's the Rodgers
0: game. He's playing, so. I know. it's the Rodgers-Boyle game.
1: Oh, wow. How fun. Fun for Boyle. You know, they love each other. I love it.
0: Honestly. I'm a little annoyed, Griff, because we just got done with this entire discussion about you telling me that Rodgers is going to play, which I understand he wants to play. Matt LaFleur said he feels like they're going to play. And then you come out calling it the Love Boyle game. Which one is it, Griff? Honestly, I'm getting sick of this. I don't want Rodgers getting hurt on a Week 18 game that means nothing. I want love to play. That's my honest truth.
1: I'm going to clip that and just just uh, spread it on the, the socials. I want love to play, said my Bronn. That'd be
0: good. No, <laughs> that's I'm, never I'm, been said by me before. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever said it's that. It's going to
1: technically be in the stat sheet, Rogers Boyle, if Rogers gets the start. But we really think he's going to play the majority of the game? Probably not. So it's ultimately, going to be a half.
0: Below. Is it not going to be a half? That's I what everybody's know. talking about.
1: No, probably not a half. It's probably going to be less than a half.
0: They want a half. Everybody thought half? it was going to be that they're going to play a half.
1: Who's everybody? It's, Rodgers, it's probably before be... Devonte <laughs> They said a half. Yes. <laughs> I don't think they said a half. I don't yes, they think did. We'll... <laughs> Whatever. Um, you, you know, this game. Are you excited for this game? We we end the season in Detroit. It feels like every single year, not last year, but every other year, it feels like we're always ending the season in Detroit, and uh, I'm getting pretty sick of it because it's always like I don't know, just a bad vibe about it. Because the Lions always suck. This game usually means nothing, and uh, this year it means nothing once again. So it's not really exciting. It feels like we have a bye week this week, but I am excited to get to see Jordan Love play because. Uh, he didn't. He didn't look good against the Vikings. We know how it went against Kansas City, but he didn't look great against the Vikings. He did have some nice scrambles, but he missed a couple throws. Uh, but it's going to be nice to see him get some uh, more more playing time, some more data points on Jordan Love.
0: That's exciting, right? I wouldn't call it exciting. We're in the middle of a playoff race. I mean, yes, the backup quarterback will play, and that is nice for him. I guess I don't really care, honestly. I've we have a lot other great things to worry about and be excited about even more so. Um, yes, Jordan Love will play, and that will be interesting. But he's also playing the Lions, um, who have also nothing to play for. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It should be, uh, I guess you could call it interesting.
1: Is that enough time spent on the Lions? I'd say so.
0: Yeah, I mean, A regular can't, season finale, I can't wait 18, to, see, can't first wait to ever, see Aaron Rodgers go out there and risk injury this weekend.
1: <laughs> first ever Week 18. It's gonna be fun I doubt it um let's get to fan (laughs) questions here Ron you have any good ones I haven't even looked at mine I never look at mine before we we go
0: live here okay I've got a good one from uh Ben C Malik he says what percentage would you give for Rodgers to stay if the Packers don't win at all I'd say 90 percent
1: I yeah if if we don't win it all then I feel like he'd want to come back i feel like what do you think winning a super bowl does in terms of his percent chance to retire do you think it increases his likelihood to retire or or decreases or doesn't change the fact
0: well they want to build something i think it's all about legacy i mean once you win one it gives you a feel like it makes you feel like you can win another um but i think it would i would say it raises the likelihood that he retires just because like he always wanted to like Retire on top, but he also has stated like more often. The only thing he's ever said about retirement is that he hasn't completely ruled that out. And then everybody thought, oh, he's going to retire. He might retire. He actually could retire. I think there's no chance he really retires. Even if he wins the Super Bowl, he loses. Yeah, the I Super don't think Bowl. he's going to retire. I, I I hate that it's even a discussion now. People are treating him like Favre when Favre like actually brought it up, like you know, without even being asked. Like you know, he's always questioning and and whether this would be his last. And Rodgers has never really done that. Like the only time he he will never unprompted like say that he's really gonna retire. The more more often than not, he talks about playing five years longer, six years longer. That's what he's always said. So I'm sticking with that. And especially if he has the if if we go and win a Super Bowl, why leave? Like why retire? You only got two. It's not like it's Brady and he's got like seven. It's not you know what I mean. He he could easily win more if he wanted. Uh, If he wanted to try and win more, I'm saying he easily could. So. Um, plus with Devonte, everybody's still there. I mean, why why leave such a great great place?
1: Yeah, that's that's why I think he's gonna stay. It's funny because earlier in the season we really didn't know, but now it feels like he's definitely gonna stay, unless something unforeseen happens. Here's a question from K A I underscore G underscore dot underscore. Do you have a feeling that the NFL is not acknowledging the success of the Packers? I assume this person is talking about the media and their treatment towards the Packers. And yeah, I, I do. I feel like, you know, Rodgers is get getting... He always gets all the hype. He always gets all the blame and all the all this praise when we're doing well. But I feel like some of these guys really aren't getting a lot of uh, a lot of credit here, for, especially Matt LaFleur. I mean, the things we talked about at the top of the show, the things he's been able to do these three seasons in Green Bay have been unprecedented. No one's ever done it before. And it kind of feels like it's everyone always just says he has Rodgers, but, you know, Rodgers was a completely different quarterback. We could go on about this all day long. But, yeah, I would say that uh, – you know uh, the Packers are kind of underrated these past few years you know one seed two years in a row Rogers may be gonna win his back-to-back MVP here so I don't know yeah I feel like they could uh, but at the same time it's like they got to win a Super Bowl like we always say we got to win a Super Bowl all these guys their resume gets increased
0: okay we've got three pretty good questions about our injuries the first one comes from j underscore stins 16 they ask knowing Cobb coming back who of the big four coming back in order um so one they want to know which order the are are of the guys that are out right now d- do we feel like that they're going to come back so with and not even just the big four also if we if we think bill turner is going to come back as well uh this person included Jair David Zadarius and Josh Myers but let's say okay so i think who who do you think comes back first Jair or David because that seems like the trend right now
1: well there's talk about David coming back this week but uh... I'm so sick of this guy Lafleur. He said that like every single week. It feels like I, I, don't, I
0: highly doubt David plays this week. Right? I think it's honestly a possibility to get him. You, some think, game so? Reps. <laughs> no, you think so? No, I'm serious. This is yeah. this this game is meaningless, but it's a chance to get him some game reps before the yeah. big game, which is the playoff. Do you really want to throw a guy out there with no with no game reps in a playoff game? That's the question, and that kind of leads into we'll intertwine this question as well from Nick Guimer um they ask with guys coming back do we put them in or keep the current lineup given our success so there's the question there too it's like with some of these guys like if they're coming in like let's say in our first playoff game after all this time off is there a possibility that we integrate them slowly or and keep the guys like like maybe Yash over David if, if we were to um if we were to not put David out there in week 18 against the lions do we just keep Yash out there? Like that's, you know what I mean? Like what is the, it's a balancing act. And it's tough for Matt LaFleur considering the fact that he really doesn't know, it seems like when these guys are going to come back. But I feel like there's a good chance. I feel like David's got a better chance this week because Jair's on the COVID list, but he made it sound like both Jair and and David are serious possibilities to play, which would be a great sign for them, obviously playing in the playoffs. And then Dave uh, Zadarius has to come off the IR to start practicing. And then I think whenever he gets off IR, he'll probably want to go as soon as possible. Like he wanted to go in week one and they, they sent him out there. Like, I feel like once he comes back, he'll be back pretty quickly. And then with Josh and Billy, it's tough to say, um, because both those guys have injuries that we don't know too much about right now. So I would say those guys would come after.
1: It's so crazy. Could you even imagine telling yourself in September that all these guys wouldn't... They wouldn't play for the rest of the regular season. Like, I did not think we would get to this point, especially with, like, Bakhtiari. Uh, Like, I mid season around like week 10, 11, it's like, Oh, one of these guys going to play. It's kind of getting weird that they, there's no talk of them playing yet. And it's like, Oh, they're going to play eventually, you know, before the end of the season, they're going to be playing. So they're not coming in dry for the playoffs. But now it's like, we got one more week in a meaningless game where a lot of these starters are going to be on a pitch count already. And that's the only opportunity they have to play before they're literally coming in dry in a playoff game. So I don't know. It's interesting. I, there definitely could be something to these guys coming in and, Kind of just making it a little bit wonky and unfamiliar for both sides of the ball, uh like I think about like David boxiari, I don't think he's gonna have i I think he can only have a positive impact, assuming he's able to come in and play well at the
0: standard that he's set for himself, so wait I, the wait. offense let me yeah. let me ask you this then from d underscore Fontana three, he asks which injured star David Jair z needs game action the most before the playoffs. So that's that's kind of what you're about to get. That's a good question. It's a good question, right? So some good questions this week about the injuries, not just when are they coming back, but really how we integrate them back, when they could come back, and the possibilities surrounding all of that.
1: I feel like when you frame it like that, I feel like the answer... Has got to be Bakhtiari because he's missed the most time. He's at a year. He in, he tours ACL on what, New Year's Eve? I think it was New Year's Eve of 2019 or 2020, sorry. Happy and New so, Year. That, that was a rough <laughs> one. Yeah. So he's missed by far the most time of all three of the guys. So maybe it's him who needs it the most just because he's probably going to have the most rust guys. Like I feel like Jair is just going to be able to plug him in. He's been practicing for so long that he's probably just going to be able to come in and play at the all pro level that we're used to seeing him. Same with uh, Zedarius, even though he hasn't been practicing, I feel like, and uh, like, I feel like Zadarius is less important because we have guys like Preston and uh, Rashawn who are playing at a high enough level right now where we really don't need him to come in and start right away. But Jair, you have to expect him. If he comes in the playoff game, he's going to be the starter and I think he's going to be just fine. So uh, I guess the answer to that question would be David for me because it's been so long since he's actually seen the field,
0: you know? I was just going to say with Zedarius, I feel like you can plug him in and he can just go after the passer right away. Um, But at the same time, like you said, when Jair's in the game, he's playing 100% of the snaps. When David's in the game, it's the same idea. But with Z, he could play maybe half the snaps with the guys we've got rushing the passer now, whether it's obviously Rashawn and Preston or even Jonathan Garland. Just like he did week one. Exactly. Right. Like he can come in and not play all the snaps and just have as big of an, of an impact as we could have asked for. Um, so I think he'd had the smoothest transition to me. And, and I, I would be comfortable with him jumping right into the playoff game. And that's where I feel like he would come in and wreak havoc right away. And and that's not the same can't be said for a guy like David. It's it's going to be tough to really push guys around coming off an ACL a year without getting a without not only really not practicing, but no game reps as well. And Jair, I would say, I I think I agree with you because Jair, I feel like he could come in and get a feel for the game pretty quickly because a lot of that stuff that he's been dealing with, it's not, it's not a leg thing. It's not, it's not a, you know, something an ACL, Jair's going to be able to run. He's going to be able to move. He's going to be able to cover guys. The question is really his shoulder and, and tackling maybe is really just about it. So, and that's really the last thing they have to go through, which is, you know, seeing him in pads and seeing if that shoulder can hold up with a tackle. So I feel like that's really the the main concern, but I feel good about all those guys coming back because of the nature of all three injuries, the progression that David's going through, and and Matt Lafleur's optimism about him maybe even playing this week. So I feel good about all the all three of those guys.
1: Yeah, it's exciting. the The thing that gets you, gets you a little bit nervous is the co a potential COVID outbreak because it's literally every week, man. It's like different guys are being added on the list, taken off the list, who's vaccinated, who's unvaccinated. It's so scary. Dennis Kelly got added to the list today, so. I mean, I don't know his vaccination status. I don't know if he's going to be able to play on Sunday. I have no idea. And it's, it's scary because it's like if we lose Dennis Kelly in the playoffs and Billy Turner's not able to go yet and Bakhtiari's not able to go yet, like if this was week 14, then oh God, we are – I mean, who is Ben Braden going to play at right tackle? I don't even know. I, I Ben Braden would probably swing out, I would say, for oh sure. Boy, I mean – it's every team is dealing with this, so it's not a uniquely Packers thing. But
0: that's that's a scary thing to think about. You know who I think it would be? Jared Valdir out of retirement again.
1: How great would that be? Let's bring Terman back too, and uh, Tyler Irvin for old time's sake, and Clay. <laughs> Clay. And Jordy to too. Before. <laughs> Jordy. Oh man. How about uh, who's an all? Who's like an obscure twenty nineteen Packer? I've got one. BJ Goodson, is that correct? BJ, the linebacker? Yeah. Oh, wow. The is that a callback or what? Yeah, that's a callback. BJ yeah. Goodson. Is that the name? Is that his name? Yeah, that's his name, right? BJ Goodson. Name. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Forgot about him. We've had some, all, we've had an array of linebackers in these last few years, man. Antonio Morrison. Oh, I, mean, I don't want
0: to talk about this, Kamal Griff. Martin. We've got Devondre Campbell. No. We've got the league's best. We yeah, don't we need to talk the about best. all these other guys. You know, he's
1: he's only missed four tackles this whole season. What a that's, stud! He's that's crazy. He's got over. A, I saw a stat on Twitter today, Mike Runner. Uh, he's got over a hundred tackles and only four missed tackles. Every other linebacker in the league with over a hundred tackles has at least ten missed tackles. He, um, You see it on the field too, man. He just like, it doesn't matter if it's a receiver, tight end, running back. Even if it's not in his zone or his man, once they get to Devondre Campbell, they, they're they done. Just stop running. Might as well just slide because he's wrapping you up and he's putting you backwards on the ground. I love him.
0: All right, Griff. Here's one last question from nick.dozier3. And it's about it's about the playoffs. And we know all about the playoffs because we are the number one seed. He asks, who do the Packers have the best shot at beating in the NFC championship if we get there? Um, and I would say about, you know, let's probably keep it within the, the power five, as I would like to say, as I always say. Um, so who do you think we have the best shot at beating? Do you think it's Dallas like I do? Or do you think maybe that you could even include the Niners, I would say, but you may not think the Niners are, are our best shot. So what do you think, Griff?
1: I think our best shot is the Los Angeles Rams. Um we beat them already at Lambeau Field, and Matthew Stafford is – I'm I'm sorry, man. I'm sick of the Matthew Stafford sympathy. I've had to endure it all season long, all off season long, people thinking that he is God's gift to this earth and that he was cursed by the Detroit Lions organization. I mean, come on. This guy is not – he is not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Tom Brady. He's not even Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, like some people think he is. And I do not trust him. To come into a play—he's never won a playoff game in his whole career. Uh, I do not trust him to come into Lambeau Field and beat the Packers, knowing how he plays. He is so boomer bust. He throws to the linebacker all the time, especially deep in his own territory. He loves to throw pick sixes. I mean, I think he's been dubbed in League Circles uh, Mr. Picky. That's what they're calling him. League Circles Um,
0: is right, and I think Aaron Rodgers called him that last week in his press conference as well.
1: Yeah, I heard something about that. Yeah, Lafleur I,
0: even said that, and he's so complimentary of the of the teams he's playing against usually, <laughs> but he just absolutely yeah. just hated on the LaFle- uh, hated on Stafford. Um, yeah, Mister Picky is what everybody's been calling him, and I don't know who started that, but it's a great name, and I think it's starting to catch on.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I do not trust him to come into Lambeau Field and win. Wins aren't a quarterback stat, but uh, they can be a quarterbacks can be a losing factor, and Matthew Stafford has proven to be that uh, in in history. So I would love to see him come in and throw three interceptions in the divisional round.
0: Another pick six this past weekend, so just on trend for Matthew Stafford. Um, and you know, he just had a terrible situation with a guy named Megatron. You know, I mean, you have a guy like, named Megatron. Ugh. That's just it's it you, how can you play with a guy named Poor Megatron?
1: Poor Matthew Stafford, man. Yeah, Poor He's just Matthew been in such Stafford. a
0: tough spot. Never had a good weapon in his life. And nope. uh just and he still doesn't have any good weapons and with Cooper Cup and and OBJ and
1: you Tyler know Higby, people... <laughs> he has nothing. And Sean McVay, and you know what people love to bring up? They love to bring up his game-winning drives. I remember in 2016, he had like a billion game-winning drives. Pretty much every week was a game-winning drive. And he did it again against the Ravens on Sunday, even though he puts the team in the hole. Most of the time, he's putting the team in the hole by throwing multiple interceptions and not scoring points for the first three quarters, just like Tom Brady's done that a million times too. Uh, Against the Jets on Sunday, Tom Brady did that. I mean... It's so annoying. Game winning stat, game winning drives as a stat is so annoying. And Matthew Stafford, he is the king of how stupid that stat is.
0: Okay, Griff. I think we should probably leave it there and save a lot of the playoff talk for after this week, where we have the definitive picture, because there's a lot going on and it's it's almost confirmed. The only team that's not, um, the only team that's not guaranteed a spot right now is the Niners. But if they beat the Rams. They get, that, they get that playoff spot locked up, but if they lose to the Rams and the Saints beat the Falcons, then that spot goes to the Saints with the Eagles already clinched. Obviously, the Rams, Cardinals, Bucks, and Cowboys have clinched, as well as the Green Bay Packers. I don't know if you've heard. They have clinched the number one seed in the NFC. Oh, did uh, they? Yeah, your Green Bay Packers are the number one team in the NFL, so uh that, that really is you know we have a lot to discuss, but we'll save most of the playoff talk for when we don't have a game to preview um and probably not much to talk about about this lion's game. We'll get into all the great stuff, leave you here, <laughs> but there's gonna be a lot of fun playoff talk coming <sighs> that's uh, probably next week that'll be a lot of fun and i'll really we'll really dissect the matchups and and everything and it, it's gonna be so much fun to look at that and and that'll be great, so we'll save that for next week, but Griff, why don't you give us all the uh, all that information that you're so good at giving us at the end, and and then I'll say go pack go. Maybe Mason. I've been. Me and week. Mason have been in talks about a, an appearance. Oh, in talks. For, he really wants to discuss this playoff picture, so he oh, is a possibility boy. for the coming weeks. We've been saying it for a okay. while now, but we we do have We've it's, it's a lot. The talks are a that lot weeks. of yeah. We have been talking, so we'll see what happens. Okay, we'll see. Maybe uh, a that's... player too. Maybe a player as well. We'll get a player mm-hmm. on maybe. Yeah, we had we had talks with a player. We've had uh, talks with multiple players.
1: <laughs> yeah, but
0: okay. Our last, the last we'll player see. we had on was Griff. Do you remember? Uh,
1: I think it had to have been Dominique
0: Daphne. Dominique Almost Daphne. a year ago. Yes. About a year
1: ago. No, this week. A year ago. This week. We'll be, see what happens. It was after the week seventeen game. So
0: I might, I might make a make a. I might go for it there as well. So we'll see what happens.
1: We'll see. I mean. Don't want to tease anything like we did last time, but uh, you, well, we'll, okay. we'll see. Stay tuned. Stay tuned to the today and title time You
0: never know who's gonna go. You never know who's gonna appear on this show because that's when we gonna, get somebody, it's it gets big. So that's
1: the deal. It, you open next week's podcast. It could be Mason. It could be Rogers. Could be Adams. Or it could just be me and Bron again. But uh, that's the excitement of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week, like I just said, with another podcast to preview the playoff picture and uh, hopefully we beat the Lions so we can go fourteen and three, first team the NFL history to go 14 and three would be nice. Uh, it's going to be a fun game. Maybe probably not actually, but, uh, it's going to be fun to talk about next week. So go pack, go, uh, follow this podcast on Instagram and Twitter at today and title town at today title town on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at all day Packers. And you can follow Braun on Instagram at Lambo leapers. almost forgot it there. And, uh, that's it. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast, five stars, share it with your friends, family, all that stuff. Please tell them to listen to this show. It's your favorite show. Tell them that. And, uh, it'll be greatly appreciated uh send us dms telling us if you like the show hate the show that's appreciated too so thanks so much for listening go pack go
0: thanks for listening everybody as always go pack go number one seed we are moving places everybody i am so excited thanks once again and go pack go
1: we are moving places
0: we are